Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellenbecker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for business ethics and integrity. The Ellenbecker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sense Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. We are located in Pewaukee, just east of 164 and Capitol Drive. We're also in the great big beautiful Town Bank Building. And in addition to that, in the village of Whitefish Bay and the Equitable Bank Building, right across the street from Winkies. We also have clients that we see and service in Bonita Springs, Florida. And if you'd like more details, you can go to ellenbecker.com. And today is, of course, a really special day, just like over 30 years of doing this radio show. And I have to say every Every single interview is always a special one, but I am going to t- say today is extra special because my daughter, Julie Ellen Becker, is going to be doing the show with me. And of course, she is the president of Ellen Becker Investment Group. In addition to that, this is our 25th anniversary of Ellen Becker Investment Group. So we thought we would share with you a little bit of our history, how we got started and uh, kind of look at what we've learned over these 25 years. And so welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you. It's good to be here again. It is so good to be seeing you. I'm in Florida. Julie's in Wisconsin and this great um, ability. I get to see Julie every day. And Julie, talk a little bit about how, you know, it's unusual to have a mother and daughter in a business together. We've been in business over 25 years together. Talk a little bit about how you got started and what it has meant to you. Well, one of the things that I'm always explained to people, because they say, how could you work with your mother? Or, or even more so when we want to spend time together socially, they wonder, don't you see her all day, every day at work? Um, and so, you know, the interesting thing is we've, we've worked together for over 25 years. And the beauty is that although we're very different and we um, have different components of the business and different strong suits and areas that we've been able to use our strengths, we've always had the same common goal. And so it's actually been a wonderful journey because we've always really kind of had our eye on what our dreams are. And we've stayed focused on that. I started with you, as you know, right out of high school, (laughs) I started with you when I was about six or eight or 10, you know, um, checking people in at seminars and licking stamps for envelopes and um, all of that as a young, young child. But you were my marketing. I was, I was your first marketing employee as a, as a young, as a young (laughs) elementary school child. And, and then, of course, moving through the, the times and getting experience and starting an official job when I was right in college and answering phones and entering, you know, trade blotters and all the other things that we used to have to do manually. Um, you know, that was in my, in my late teens and early 20s. And then continuing through the whole journey with you and, you know, thinking about it being 25 years since we started the company, you and I both worked. Um, together prior to Ellen Becker Investment Group. And when you decided to start Ellen Becker Investment Group, you know, I was 20 years old uh, or 20 something. And of course, was going to come right along with you. And to think that it's been 25 years. I remember that day very vividly of starting the company. And and um, it's just quite amazing to think of this journey that we've been on. And to think that we've gotten older through this whole process. I still feel like I'm in my 20s sometimes. What was the turning point for you? 
Well, the turning point for me in, in getting interested in this business is when I learned that being a financial advisor or a wealth manager was not all about stock picking and, you know, standing on the trading floor and, and being stressed out, you know, doing trades for our clients. When I learned that I could educate and focus on teaching our clients and building relationships and the psychology of money, that's when I realized that this was exactly where I needed to be. You know, I went to college. My first college degree is in education. I've always wanted to be an educator. I always felt that education was so important. Uh, and I, when I realized that I could educate adults and family members and individuals on wealth management and being good stewards of financial uh, wealth, when I learned that, that was a turning point for me. That's when I realized that this was a job that I was just meant to, meant to be in. You know, Julie, one of the things that is such a great story that I like is the opportunity for both of us to meet Sir John Templeton. And many people at this point probably don't know a lot about him, but he was a very spiritual man and he had and started um, the Templeton Funds. And we had an opportunity to go on an educational, was really at that time, they called him a due diligence meeting and had the opportunity to meet Sir John. And I, I still remember you being young in the twenties and you had your hair braided <laughs> and you met him and he was very influential. And I think that's important in terms of us talking about our 25 years. I'd like you to tell that story only because we never know when one little bit of information is going to change our entire lives and lead us down an entire different path. And I feel that that's something that you and I really want to do with our company is we want to be that person that can help people turn their heads and say, there's a different way, there's a better way, open up their vision to something more. And so tell your Sir John Templeton story, because I think it was a, a, a real pillar of strength for you. Well, and for those of you who want to see me with my braided hair in my late teenage <laughs> years, um, a couple new newsletters ago, our In Touch magazine that we prepare right here at Ellen Becker, the first quarter of 2021 is on our webpage. And this is where I documented the story of our financial uh, experiences and my financial experience of getting me engaged in this industry. But it was a long, long time ago, longer than probably 30 years ago. Um, when I was on this rewards trip with you, and it wasn't because I wanted to go learn about financial planning, it was because I wanted to go to the commas, and I had never been there before. Uh, and Sir John Templeton, who wasn't a sir, I believe at the time, but was a very well-respected um, money manager with an emphasis on foreign investing, but also was a Christian and a philanthropist and very well-loved in one of my favorite parts of the country, which is Tampa Bay and St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, you know, and I had an opportunity to meet him and it was just wonderful because he had asked me at that point if I was ever going to um, go into business like, like my mom and I had quickly said no, I was going to be a teacher and I was going to, um, you know, teach elementary school kids and I had a lot of reasons why I wanted to do that but what he stopped me and told me right away I remember him putting my face in his hands, and he said to me if you don't teach in this industry, you won't be successful. And that is when I started to really think about what it meant to be an educator. I think we'll take a quick break. And then when we come back, let's start to look at what we've learned through these 25 years and how it's impacted our business. And with that, we'll be right back. 
Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is my daughter, Julie, who is also a senior wealth advisor and the president of Ellenbecker Investment Group. We've just been talking and reminiscing about these last 25 years. And actually, Julie's been with me more than 25 years. But our anniversary for EIG is this is this year, and it's been really exciting, and it happened so fast. And Julie, in our newsletter this this year, which you can go to ellenbecker.com, we talk about financial planning through the decades. Do you want to talk a little bit about teens and, and 20s, what, what we learned and what we're helping our clients with? Sure, it seems fitting, considering I have children in that <laughs> age group. Yep. Um, and I, of course, was once in that age group. I was actually in that age group when I started um, my financial planning uh, career. And so it's fun to think back uh, to my teenage years and, and my 20s. And sometimes I think as parents, we fall short in this area because we don't think that it's as critical that our kids are thinking about finances at a young age. Um, I know, especially for teenagers, many times parents and grandparents think their kids are learning this financial education in school. And then schools think they're learning the financial education at home. And what's really happening is there's a major gap where kids are not learning financial education. Uh, And so, and I've often thought about why that might be. And what I've come to realize over the last 30 years in this industry is that if you're not confident as a parent or a grandparent with your own financial awareness and your own financial acumen, it's really hard to teach that to somebody else. So I often encourage people to make sure you understand finances so that you can pass that on like the best family recipe to the next generation. Because your children and grandchildren will have and will start creating financial habits very early on. They're either going to be the ones they learn on their own or the ones you teach them. And so it's really important to start early. With teenagers, this is the time to prepare them for financial responsibility. This is the time to start giving them an opportunity to learn and and really an opportunity to fail. You you want them to do that while they're home with you and you're able to catch them and explain and, and teach them how to make better financial decisions. This is when they start to develop actual financial habits and, and core values around money. And so talking a lot about money, giving your kids debit cards, giving them money to to manage, not just for that one day at the mall, but start giving them money to manage for a month at a time or two months at a time. We've in in our household, and I've shared this many times in our newsletter or on the radio, but you know, when our children were freshmen in high school, we looked to give them a monthly budget and we would deposit that monthly amount into their account and they were not allowed to ask us for money. That that fulfilled their you know, their entertainment and their lunch money and their clothes and their fun stuff. And they had to learn to balance that monthly. And then as sophomores, you know, we looked to give them that budget quarterly. And now they had to learn to manage money over a three-month period. By junior year, we broke it up to twice a year they got their allowance or their allotment. And by senior year, one lump sum in the beginning of the year that's supposed to carry them through. By the time they, they move into adulthood, whether it's going to college or transitioning to a career, um, they'll have a much better handle on managing money. Now, in full disclosure, we've tried that with four kids and it didn't work with two of them and it worked great with the other two. So I think it's important not to get stuck in one way of doing things too, because everybody is unique and different. 
And so being willing to modify these plans is really important. But to do nothing during the teenage years is really allowing your children to create their own habits based on what they see other people doing, what their friends are doing, what they're seeing on TV. Um, and so it's really important during the teenage years to get in front of them and start teaching them about finances. Julie, the one thing I wanted to add to that too is that where it really plays a role is when we pass away and we pass money onto our children, our adult children and grandchildren, and we want to do that so that it's beneficial. Whereas if kids don't have a value system around money, everyone hears the nightmare stories of, of kids inheriting and they blow it in a very quick period of time. So it's not something that it's something you learn all along and cash flow is the demise of many businesses and it's the demise of so many things. So it's really talking about their cash flow and having them understand that there's no magic to creating wealth that spend less than you made. And that is something that as they get into their twenties and thirties and forties is even more critical because then they have cash flow and they know how to start making decisions around it. You know, um, the, the teenage years really is the time to begin building those core values and money habits. That is really important. Communication is key in those early years. So many times as parents, we just have these conversations behind closed doors and it does not help our kids at all if they're trying to create their own core values and money habits. Uh, but as they get into their 20s, you know, uh, once a child turns age 18, the first and most important thing to do is to make sure they have their powers of attorney for healthcare and finance updated. And it's a great opportunity to start talking to them about managing their own finances and healthcare, making sure they understand debt and credit cards. Kids in their 20s get more credit card offers than any other age group, even when they don't often have jobs or they're in college. And they also get balances that to them seem astronomical if they rack up credit card debt. There are so many studies about mental health and mental illness and depression and suicide as it relates to money habits that were created in college. And so it really is a huge responsibility on us as parents and grandparents to make sure our kids understand debt, they understand credit, they understand how important it is to keep their credit strong, and that they also understand that we know they're learning now. We know that they're beginners and we wanna have an open line of communication so that if they find themselves in a, in a hole, that they know they can come and talk to us because it is not a taboo subject. And we've all been in situations where we made bad money decisions. And if our kids don't know that we have made mistakes around money, they will not come to us when they make mistakes around money. So the twenties is a really, really important time to start building that foundation for our kids and our grandkids. So that one, they know that they have us to rely on for information and support, but the decisions they make today will stick with them for a very long time. On the younger children, there's a great book out there. It's called The No Cash Allowance. And if you're a grandparent and you're looking for something to throw into an Easter basket or a, or a birthday or a shower gift for someone, um, the No Cash Allowance is great because we don't really work in cash anymore. It's all credit cards and charging. And I started my two granddaughters, which is so, so wonderful, tailored autumn on the No Cash Allowance when they were probably four years old and five years old. And um, as many of you know, Taylor has joined Ellen Becker Investment Group, and she has really great financial habits just from that 
way back when looking at the no cash allowance. So it's really a great opportunity to um, give your kids or, you know, your adult children that as a gift or you to use it. Um, we called it the grandma account. So it was really great. So I think we'll take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll start to look at the 30s and 40s and 50s. And oh my goodness, we're even going to look at the 70s. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Julie Ellenbecker, who is also a senior wealth advisor and president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And we've been talking about our experience um, in growing the business and, and being together. And also we've been talking about what we've learned over this 25 years and how it's how we are looking at what we can provide to our clients and really a cornerstone of our business is education. And I think when I look at our newsletter, um, In Touch, which you can get on ellenbecker.com, we really talk about financial planning through the decades and every single one of those um, times in our lives and our children's lives are really important. And I would say, Julie, in the 30s and 40s, people are, you know, starting to have families or kind of in the midst of high school with some of them. This is a really hard time for parents trying to balance their own financial finances, their own planning, education, um, all the things that are going on. And in addition, the importance of helping our, our children um, to be good fiduciaries. Yeah, the, the 30s is an important time. As we just talked about before the break, the 20s is important to start understanding debt, understanding credit, getting your arms around, you know, earning money and, and figuring out what your next step in life is going to be. And then the 30s come. And oftentimes in the 30s, you know, we're starting to maybe have a career or starting to, to begin, you know, with families and all the things that are so important to think about in your 30s. This is the time for most people, of course, you know, the, the full disclaimer is that no one shoe fits all. So um, if you if you want to know where you are at in your financial planning over the decades, you can reach out to any one of us at Ellen Becker Investment Group. But generally speaking, in the 30s, it's time to start thinking about your own estate plan. It's often time to, you know, make sure you have your will done or your trust or your powers of attorney. This is the time to start thinking about your beneficiaries, you probably have started to accrue some assets, you might have a savings account or a checking account or an investment account, you may have benefits at work like life insurance, this is time to start thinking about your beneficiaries. It's time to um, start planning for life insurance if you haven't already, start to think about who are you responsible for if something happens to you, and how can we protect that, um, that responsibility. Even more importantly is disability insurance. You know, what happens if all of a sudden you can't work? You may have bought a home in your 30s. You may have started a family in your 30s. Well, all of a sudden you have a lot of responsibilities with your income. And so thinking about disability income, what happens if you become disabled? What happens if you die? Who are you responsible for? Starting to think about really saving for retirement aggressively during these years. These years tend to be pretty expensive years. Um, but my experiences, you know, I thought my 30s were the most expensive because I had kids and daycare. And then I thought, you know, my 40s would be better. Well, then I had older kids and they had activities. And, you know, so I think it's really important to start now 
I remember, Karen, you said this way, way back when I started working with you. It's not timing the market, it's time in the market. And so I do believe in your 30s, it's really important to be robust in your savings plan. Even if you don't think you have any money or you don't have expendable money, this is the time to pay yourself first because what you invest in your 30s is going to multiply so many more times by the time you need it than if you wait till your 40s. Um, and so there is a lot to think about in your 30s, and it's just kind of laying the groundwork. This is a great time to find a financial advisor. Uh, I know a lot of firms out there say, you know, you don't need a financial advisor until you have a certain amount of money to invest. Uh, and that's something that's really different about our approach to financial advising is that people in their 20s, if you're ready, specifically once you're in your 30s, um, you know, at the latest, by the time you're in your 40s, it's time to develop those relationships. You deserve a financial planner. You deserve an attorney. You deserve an accountant. And those are things that I think are really important to start thinking about in your 30s. Julie, one of the things that um, I wanted to mention was that so often kids are starting their jobs or they're just really getting into their jobs and they don't look at all this, all the programs and, and different types of things that are offered through their companies, their company plans. And right now, I never could do it was the Roth 401k. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, something that is so overlooked is that they're so busy, they're trying to learn their job, they get all that paperwork, and they say, I'll look at it later. And they never go back to look at it. And that's one of the things that we do with our clients, with our clients' children, with our clients' grandchildren, is help them to determine what are some of the best uh, resources that they can take advantage of. Yeah, understanding your employee benefits is really important. There are a lot of things that, you know, benefit packages have that even the best HR department, you know, doesn't always, you know, uh, make sure that their employees understand every single benefit and what works for them. Uh, so understanding benefits is really important. And if you can help your 30-something-year-old child or grandchild do that, that's great. If you don't feel competent enough to help them identify and understand their benefits, then encourage them to talk to somebody, encourage them to find a wealth advisor who will sit down with them and, and help them determine what benefits make most sense to them. I would also say that regardless if anybody doesn't really understand where they're at, I like to use the idea of it's like going to a mall for the first time and you go up to the big directory and there's an arrow and it says you are here. And then you can make a good decision. Where do you want to go from there? Because you know where you are. And that's how I look at it with clients and with prospects and individuals is stop and look at where you are. Get a good picture, a snapshot of where you are today, what your benefits are, what your insurance is, all the things that play a part and make sure that they're they're working together, that they're all woven together and that they complement each other. So often people have things scattered all over the place and they're not working together and they're not taking the easiest route to getting where they want to go. Whatever that is, retirement or buying a house or kids college or a trip, they're working a lot harder than they have to work if they don't have a good financial advisor. The 30s is a time to do that. I think you're right. And, and, the, and the benefit of developing goals short-term, mid-term, long-term goals, having that plan, you can't go anywhere if you don't know where you are. And so that is a really important place to begin. And then looking at your short-term goals, you know, to protect your family, to pay your bills if you lose a job, maybe to buy a car or to, to go on vacation, and then help come up with a plan for that. Think about your intermediate goals, maybe to update 
um, your home or upgrade your home or maybe put for your kids in college. Those are intermediate goals. And then your longer term goals like retirement or a retirement home. If you don't have those mapped out, the likelihood of you getting there is almost zero. If you have them mapped out, you have a much better chance of getting there. And so it, it's that, that, that old saying of, you know, write down your goals because you can't attain them if you don't know what they are. Uh, and so the 30s is a good time to do that. The 40s is too. And, you know, when I wrote our newsletter article uh, this month on planning through the decades, it was interesting because some people in their 40s are just getting started and that's okay. Some people in their 20s already have a will and that's okay too. So there is no um, exact measurement of what you should be doing. But I do think having guidelines for people is really helpful. And that's where this article um, came from. So typically your 40s, become your peak earning years. Those are times where, you know, you're, you're moving up in your career, you've got some earning years, you've managed your finances, hopefully, and you've got some extra cash flow. It's a great time to robustly start saving. Uh, one of the things that I think is really important for all of us in our 40s is to avoid that uh, fishbowl syndrome where, you know, the, the, you just keep getting bigger and bigger and then you need a new fishbowl and then you get bigger and bigger and then you need a new fishbowl and you get bigger and bigger. And ultimately you're just spending to keep up with your neighbors. You're spending on things that are filling holes that otherwise um, could be addressed through different things. You know, it, that happens in the forties where we work really hard to keep up with people around us and our friends and family. And so of making that a pitfall to avoid, I think is really important. Um, anytime you have additional funds, the 40s is a great time to save it. At this point, you know, making sure your estate plan is done and your life insurance and your disability and all of that is really important as well. But the other thing I think is really helpful in the 40s, and I know my husband and I have done this, and it's it's been a it's been a fun time to think about what the next phase of our life is, and that is visualize retirement. Don't don't just save for retirement, because saving for retirement is no fun. But saving for that trip around the world or saving for that Florida condo or saving for the D Disney Vacation Club or whatever it is, that sailboat on Lake Michigan, you know, whatever you see retirement like for yourself, your 40s is time to start visualizing. Cut out magazine articles, paste them up on your cabinet, you know, start to really think about what is retirement going to be like for us. It is so much easier to not buy that extra pair of shoes or not go out to dinner that night when you're saving for your, you know, Arizona home. It's so much easier to do that when you have something in mind. But when it's just this empty bucket without a picture called retirement, it's much more difficult to make the decision to save money and not upgrade to things that you don't really need. So 40s is a great time to start visualizing retirement. And also uh, one of the things that we've been focusing on, it's a really great time to make your health a priority because all the money in the world isn't going to matter if you don't live long enough to enjoy it. Julie, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, let's look at that, what we've been now saving for with those retirement eight years, those 50s and 60s and 70s. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is one of my most favorite people in the whole world, my daughter, Julie, who is the president of Ellenbecker Investment Group and also a senior wealth advisor. We've been talking about our um, In Touch newsletter, which is at ellenbecker.com. And it, it, the, whole, the whole entire newsletter is about 
what we've all learned, um, our advisors, what we've learned, and how we work with our clients. And Julie's been kind of segmenting out the different years. And so, Julie, let's talk about you. You know, you talk about visualizing the retirement, which is so important. What does that look like for the 50s, 60s, and, of course, right where I land in the 70s? Well, if you, in your 40s, start to wonder what retirement's going to look like and you start visualizing it, in your 50s, it's like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So many clients come in here and they're like, I can't believe I'm within 10 years of retiring. And we know how fast that goes. So, you know, you begin to see the uh, light at the end of the tunnel. You can refine your plan. It's close enough, but it's not too far away to still make changes. So working with your advisor to modify that plan, start to kind of practice retirement. You know, if you think you can live on X amount a month in retirement, why not start living on it now and seeing if that really meets your goals and your expectations? you know, starting to think about what income streams you're going to have in retirement, like social security and pension or distributions from retirement accounts. And, you know, also the 50s is time to start planning for your healthcare needs. What happens for people who want to retire before age 65, which is when Medicare is available, is health insurance becomes a really critical driver on whether or not your retirement, early retirement is going to be feasible. So now in your 50s, ask your financial advisor, how can I prepare for my medical expenses if I want to retire before 65? Because there's still a window of opportunity to make modifications. If you come talk to me at 62 and tell me you're going to retire next week um, and you haven't thought about what you're going to do to bridge that medical insurance gap, um, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a little bit of a challenge to figure that out. So in your 50s, start thinking about that. Um, and start thinking more and more about taxes, making sure that you're doing some good tax planning. Because once you're in your 60s, that's sort of the reward decade. That's when you get to retire or at least have the option to retire. Whether or not you choose to at that point is a whole nother story. But making sure you have all the right professionals working together, that your accountant is talking to your financial advisor, that your financial advisor is talking to your insurance advisor, and your insurance advisor is talking to your estate planning attorney. Everybody should be coordinated for you. That is a benefit that you deserve. And so making sure you have the right team of professionals to help guide you through this is really, really important. Paying attention to Social Security, Medicare, um, all of those things that kind of hit you in the 60s. This is a really exciting time. um, And it's going to make your 70s that much more enjoyable. And Karen, you can talk about the 70s. Well, one thing I want to mention before that is one of the areas that I think trip people up a little bit is that they've accumulated, particularly people in my age, so much of their wealth in their retirement accounts. And they have forgotten that Uncle Sam gets paid on that because Uncle Sam has never gotten paid. And so it's really important in the 50s and to prepare for the 60s and 70s is what is that cash flow going to look like and how will it be taxed? So often we find that people have a huge retirement asset base and then they have their house. Well, Uncle Sam gets paid on the retirement accounts and they can't sell their house. They have to move out of their house to sell it to get their cash out of their house. You can't eat your house. So it's really learning and, and how are you going to balance those distributions? So I think that's really important. And of 70s, oh my goodness, they caught up on me. I mean, I can't believe that I'm going to be 72 years old this year. And it, I was 46 when I started Ellen Becker Investment Group. And I've been in this business over 34 years, and I can't even believe that the time has flown. So that's one thing that, Julie, you've said many times as you 
um, looked at these ages is it comes faster. Start planning, start looking at it now, prepare yourself. So for me in the 70s, um, it's been just a really wonderful time because I've really been able to see the benefits to guiding my children and my, and my grandchildren. I love philanthropy. I love the gift of giving is something that, you know, when you lift other people up, you lift up yourself. And so Julie and I have come up with some amazing ways of helping our children to understand the gift of giving. And for me in my seventies, of course, I'm still working, love it, but I wanted to do something very new. And I visualize speaking. And so this year um, on April 24th, I'll be doing a TED talk that everybody can tune into. You can go to our website. It's on there and you can um, look that up, but I'll be giving a talk and it's really on my career and a little bit on the show, how that was started, but looking ahead as to what you want to do in retirement, you know, you've put up that sailboat, you put up all the different things that you might want to sail around the world. And then all of a sudden you get to seven, you go, well, maybe that's not exactly what I want to do. Knowing that you can change your goals and you can change the things and you can add new things. But I like to think of my retirement years is that I'm still walking as if I have a place to go and things to do. And for a lot of people who are downsizing at this age, you know, downsize into a place where you want to play, um, move, you know, downsize your house. Then you've got this cash flow that you can use to live and to enjoy your life together. And some people want to make sure that they leave a legacy to their children and their grandchildren. And other people say, I've done a lot during my lifetime. You know, it's all about me. And if there's something left, that's good, but it's all about planning. I mean, and it's really taking the time to understand what is important to you? And Julie, you mentioned it health. The one thing we can help our clients with taxes, we can help our clients with so many things, but we really can't take care of their health. And you can have all the different things and the ability to do it. Like I love to dance and I'm so happy I'm taking ballroom dancing that I'm healthy enough and I can do it and I can keep up and do it. So being healthy and being aware of um, the things that you need to do so that you can enjoy retirement is, is really important. And in your 70s, uh, legacy planning is, yes. you know, from my perspective, a top priority. And the bottom line is you as a parent or a guardian or an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent, you are going to leave a legacy there. I mean, it could be a good legacy. It could be a not so good legacy, but you're going to leave a legacy. And so in your 70s, it's a great time to decide what do I want the next generation to learn from me? And it doesn't have to be a financial legacy. Maybe it's recipes or cooking. Maybe it's traveling. Maybe it's philanthropy. Maybe it is sound financial habits. Whatever it is, knowing that you are going to leave a legacy and you get to decide what that legacy is going to be. And, and Karen, mom, you've done a great job making sure that your legacy for your children and grandchildren is surrounded by education and built on the foundation of philanthropy and giving back to others. And that's going to be your legacy. And I encourage everybody who's listening here, no matter what stage of financial planning you're in, no matter what decade you are in, understand that you're going to leave a legacy. Because the one thing we know is that life is a gift. And we don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow. If we don't know if we're going to be in our 70s or 80s. We don't know what decade we're going to make it to. So think about the legacy. And we always talk about it in the 70s. But think about the legacy in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. What do you want your legacy to be? Um, because you will pass down a legacy. There's no doubt about that. You just have to decide if it's the legacy you want to pass down. 
But I do want to talk a little bit about what the future for Ellen Becker is. But one of the other things that people often don't realize is one of the legacies that you pass down, there's always the financial legacy. Last year, I gave my kids all a fun recipe that they love, the pink jello recipe. You can mix it, match it with a lot of different things. But one of the most important legacies you leave is the people that you work with. Because when you pass away, they're going to believe that your financial advisor, your accountant, or your attorney, or your insurance agent, those are the people they're going to turn to to help them understand. And if that is, if you're not happy with them, you really don't want to pass them down to your children. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, that's a huge gift to have that partnership already created before it's needed. So Julie, as a president of Ellen Becker Investment Group, what does the future look like? The future is bright. It's exciting. Um, we, you know, are in our 25th year. I look forward to the next 25 years. We're continuing to offer services and new services to our clients. We're excited about, you know, being able to offer the same services to our clients um, that, and offer that to their adult children. That's been something that has been wonderful is making sure that every generation has the same wonderful recipe of financial planning. We are here, we're, we're excited, um, and we're going to continue to offer the services that our clients have come to expect. And we've been, we were one of the first people in the city to start fee-based um, services. We continue to do that. And it's one of the things that we feel is so important. And we work with everybody because we believe everybody needs to have an advocate, needs to have someone that they can count on to help them to make some of the most critical, important decisions that they have to make. Yeah, I think that that is a big differentiator is Many times people say, I don't have enough money to go see a financial advisor. I don't have enough money to have an estate plan. And one of the things that I want to encourage all of our listeners out there, it's not about how much money you have. It's about your goals. It's about attaining your goals, identifying them, and it's about protecting risk. You know, there are so many things out there, even if you don't have the financial resources, you still have to protect your risk and making sure that you have somebody who can help you create a plan you know, the first idea is gathering all the information. And then once you have all the information gathered and you know where you are, then creating a plan. And that plan can be baby steps. That plan can be leaps and bounds. Some people are at the end of their plan. Some people are at the beginning of their plan. But having that plan created is really important. And then having an advocate to help you modify the plan, make changes, check in, uh, is, is going to make that, those goals really attainable. One of the things that you started working on many, many years ago was working with our clients' children mm -hmm. to really start a plan. We have an absolute plan how we work with our clients' children to help them once they get married, when they go to college. And that has been such a gift. It has been such a gift to see generations of, of a family as our clients. It's very rewarding knowing that we are giving back to all generations and we're not just seeking out clients who have financial wealth to invest with us, but that we're helping every client regardless of what decade they're in. And that's why I just, I think, you know, Ellen Becker Investment Group is such a, a fun place to, to work. There's fun people here to know. And um, I would encourage if anybody has any questions or they want to get in touch with an advisor here to reach out to us, you can reach out to us through ellenbecker.com. You can give us a call, you can shoot us an email, whatever is easy, but don't hesitate to reach out to us. Now is the best and the right time to seek our services. 
Well, we have to go, but I have to say, this has been about 32 years of doing a one radio show, and it has been such a gift, and I want to thank my listeners out there. 25 years of having Ellen Becker Investment Group, we continue to grow, continue to do the radio show, continue to educate our clients, and so if you want to know us, you can go right to ellenbecker.com. We're up there, a little bit of history on each one of us. We would surely like to get to know you. Thank you, Julie, for doing the show with me today. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and your financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a great weekend. Bye. <music>